Hey friend, welcome back. So if you didn't know this, I am a mom and I am just like you, 100% in the trenches of making three meals a day, helping multiple kids with homework, driving three kids to and from school, plus the baby to the babysitters, uh, deep in the trenches of bedtime routines, of snuggles, of crying because I'm overwhelmed with love and crying because I'm just overwhelmed. But I'm not only a mom, I'm a wife and a friend, and I'm still discovering me. I've always known that I'm a daughter of the king and a child of God, but it hasn't been until after my affair that I discovered more of what that actually means. And in discovering who I am as a daughter and who God is as my father, my eyes have been opened to parenting. And I want to reflect and mirror that spiritual relationship down to my earthly ones. So today, I've got five things that I have learned about parenting and discipline because of my affair recovery. And I'm going to tell you, stick around to number five, because it is an honest confession of the one that I am still working on right now. Hey, Mama, welcome to Intimacy After Infidelity. Do you find yourself Googling, can a marriage survive infidelity? Or what's the first step to divorce? Do you wake up full of hope, only to end the day with more shame when there's another stupid argument again? Hey, I'm Christina Joy, forgiven daughter of Jesus. I too felt the shame of infidelity and wished someone had a roadmap for how to get out of the mess so I could experience freedom. I kept telling myself I just needed to try harder to end the affair and fix my marriage until I found I needed Jesus to heal some deep wounds in my heart. Through prayer, lots of research, and developing new healthy habits, I was able to find healing to shed my shame once and for all. Now I'm excited to share everything I've learned with you. So find your safe space and pop in that earbud. Let's rebuild your life and marriage better than it's ever been. So if you are a mom like me, you have heard the phrase, it takes a village. It takes a village to raise a child. And there is a joke going around about asking the question, okay, so when does that village, when does the village show up? Is there a phone number I'm supposed to call? And while that is very much a joke, but it's also very true of saying, where is my community? Where are the people that I can call when I need help? You know, the other moms that just get it, that can laugh with me and cry with me and maybe give me suggestions if I feel lost or confused. It's very real. We all need that community. And honestly, that is why I started my Facebook community so that I could connect with you even on that level. And so in the Facebook community, yes, we can talk about our own struggles and the prayer requests that we have, but it's also a place to just talk about life and what we need with the kids. Yes, our marriage, but also just parenting and trying to figure out mom life and wife life. And that's hard to do sometimes. So if you are looking for that community, I invite you to come check it out. It's facebook.com slash groups slash intimacy after infidelity. I'll have it linked in the show notes. 
but come check out the Facebook group, a safe place where you can be seen and heard and validated and get that community that you've been looking for. All right, so here are the five things that I have learned about parenting and discipline because of my affair recovery. So first of all, I wanted to know what God was doing when I had done something wrong. So yes, specifically referring to the affair. But when I did something wrong, I learned that God is actively pursuing me. And I learned this from stories like John chapter 4, the woman at the well, and Luke chapter 15, the lost sheep, and also the prodigal son. I learned that God doesn't just wait for me to clean up my mess and get it all together and be perfect and then return to him. I learned that God wants me to ask for help. So flip that around and I started asking the question, am I expecting perfection for my kids? Am I expecting them to get it all together and be good before they come to me? Or am I willing to get in the trenches with them when they're struggling with something? And can I also celebrate when they do make a right choice? So thinking about that discipline, am I always getting on them expecting perfection? Or can I celebrate when they've made the right choice? So number one, God is actively pursuing me. Okay, so number two. In the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible, God gave his law and his rules to his people in the context of love and his relationship with them. He didn't just give the Ten Commandments because he felt like giving a bunch of rules and then putting his children in time out. No, he loved them and he wanted an orderly relationship. And so he that is when he gave them the Ten Commandments, for example. Also, throughout the stories, you see that when there was a consequence for disobedience, it was done out of love. And you think about Jesus dying on the cross for our sin. Well, God provided salvation out of love. So I was convicted about when I give my children Uh, you know, my rules and the consequences and, you know, what happens afterwards. Am I doing it from a place of love? And I was convicted because how often do I just say, hey, be quiet. Hey, go to another room. Hey, you're going to go and time out and sit by yourself. It was almost like I was always telling my kids to go away, if you will. And I was doing that out of my own annoyance. You know, maybe I was triggered by something Or I would get, you know, angry, worked up about something. And so I just wanted that separation. However, I was really convicted when I learned that God wants it done out of love. He draws us closer instead of pushing us away. Okay, number three. God is not pointing a finger at me. This one cut me so deep in my recovery journey. When you picture God looking at you, what is his facial expression towards you or even his body language? If you could just imagine for a second, God 
looking at you. What does that look like? Or what does that feel like? And right after I had confessed my affair, I really sat down and thought about that question. And what I kept coming back to was this image of God pointing a finger at me and and just kind of laying it out. You knew better. How could you? You know, all of those kind of negative voices, like where we're beating ourselves up. And wow, when I stopped to think, is, is that really God? That is, that's not, I know the truth. I'm still discovering the truth about who God is, but nowhere in the Bible do I see God, you know, making an angry face and just pointing his finger at his people and saying, you knew better, you should have done better. So when I began to realize that God is not pointing a finger at me, you know, and and just lashing out the punishment, when I realized that, it caused me to stop and think, am I doing that towards my children? And so now I am very aware even of my body language and my tone of voice when I am disciplining them, when there does have to be consequences. Again, am I doing it out of love or out of anger and shame and guilt? Okay, connecting back to the anger and shame and guilt, number four I learned that if I do something wrong, God does not explode in those emotions towards me. So whether you're hearing that voice of, you didn't do that right, or you're not good enough, no, 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 those are not, not God's words towards you. So again, number three was kind of with the body language, and here number four, I watch my words and how I say things with my tone of voice. Am I piling on guilt and shame on my kids? Especially if they hurt me, it's really easy for me to kind of almost go on like a power trip and manipulate the situation where I'm, you know, kind of rubbing it in their faces of, you hurt me, how could you? And now, even right now when I say that, I think, oh, God would never, ever say that to me. Praise the Lord that he is full of love and forgiveness. He would never look at me and say, how could you? So I need to be careful how I am approaching my children as well with my body language and my words and my tone of voice. All right, number five. This is the one I said I am am continuing to work on. I'll give you an example in a minute. But number five is is the opposite. Okay, what's the positive? Christina, you've given us a whole bunch of negative. What's the positive in this? Well, the opposite perspective is I learned God's expression towards me is love, grace, compassion, patience, forgiveness. He thinks about me with abundance and hope. So, Turn that around then. Do my children know that I am for them? That I have their best interests in mind? Am I patient? Am I forgiving? Am I compassionate and gracious and loving and kind? Am I kind towards my children? Now, the specific situation here that I think of on a regular basis 
I am called higher when my daughter wants to ask me something relentlessly. And you probably have a situation of your own that you can think of with the same question again and again. You know, mom, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this now? Can you do this now? How about now? It's been one more minute. Can you do this now? And boy, I am tempted to just, hey, stop, stop asking. And and I've even told her before, I said, when you ask a hundred times, that makes me want to say no. And boy, did I stop dead in my tracks. And I remembered in the New Testament when Jesus says, we are supposed to pray fervently. We are supposed to be knocking on heaven's door with our prayers asking God to answer our prayers. So when I think of, you know, God and his positive emotions that he shows towards me, I also think about the example of prayer and how God wants us to come to him. He is inviting us and I want to do that for my children as well. So I pray that this blesses you. I want my words and my actions towards my kids to mirror God's words and actions and expressions towards me. So do I have an accurate picture of who God is? And then am I reflecting that accurate picture onto my kids? So I pray this blesses you. Again, if you are looking for community where you can work some of this out in real time, I would love to be that support for you. That is at facebook.com slash groups slash intimacy after infidelity. And I will see you there. Hey mama, I hope today's episode encouraged your heart. If you need to talk about this some more, would you send me a message at christinajoycoaching.com? Also, please take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It thrills my heart to know this podcast is helping you heal your heart so you can shed the shame of your affair. I am cheering for you, and I can't wait to hear your story. I'll meet you back here on Tuesdays and Thursdays for another episode. As always, be clothed with strength and dignity and laugh without fear of the future.